game's all about. All of a sudden, you feel like you can't miss. Welcome to Buckets. My name is Matt Moore. I'm the senior NBA writer for the Action Network, joined by my colleague, NBA Futures Analyst Brandon Anderson. This is your Western Conference win totals guessing game. Da-da-da-da. But in the meantime, we were really kind of curious about what it is that these win totals are going to be. And so we did the Eastern Conference last week. We're doing the Western Conference today, breaking these down. As a heads up, we're recording this on Thursday, July 14th. It's entirely possible that when you're listening to this, everything's different. And if that's the case, we'll have conversations about whatever has changed on special emergency episodes. We're going to try and get this out because I can't really anticipate, like we all have vacations to get onto. I can't anticipate when things are going to get done. We're doing the best we can. If you want up to the second coverage though of the NBA offseason, best way to find it is on the Action Network app. It's the award-winning app that lets you track your picks, get up to the second information on where the bets and money are coming in on, find all sorts of cool stuff. And as well, they just started adding this, got our videos and our podcast right in the app. Just download the app. It's going to have everything you need for Action Network content. All right, Brandon, let's go ahead and get started. We're going to do reverse order on these win totals alphabetically because we did alphabetically the other day and you think that there's all these weird teams we want to get to at the back end. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to start. Oh boy, this is a (laughs) a fun one to to start with. Uh, The Utah Jazz. Uh, Last year, their line was an average of 52 and a half. It was one of my best bets for the over. Love the over. How could this possibly go wrong? What could go wrong here? Yeah, they won 49 games. Really frustrating to have the over on the Jazz last season, especially because if you looked at it, uh, their expected win total for last season (laughs) was 57 and a half. A full 8.5 lower than their actual. God, is that annoying. Is that bad? That seems bad. They should have cashed so easy. Um, But it was kind of a sign of how things were going haywire. Gordon Hayward gets traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for every pick that they have, as well as Malik Beasley. Rudy Rudy Gobert. You said Gordon Hayward. Rudy Rudy Gobert. I'm used to (laughs) just where my head's at with uh, Utah. Rudy Gobert gets traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for four picks, two swaps, and a bunch of role players. So now they're in this transitionary period. As we record this on Thursday, July 14th, the New York Knicks with the expected location for Donovan Mitchell. If a trade is consummated, I will tell you that like Tony Jones, the athletic continues to say that they are more than happy to, to build around Mitchell. They would like to build around Mitchell. If they get the right combination, whatever, da, 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 then they'll trade him. Everything's up in the air. Most people expect him to be dealt. That's what most people think. He's a CAA client. Makes sense with the Knicks. Uh, the latest offer that I've heard that has been rumored is Grimes quickly topping uh, and Fournier along with several picks. You talked about this on Twitter on Wednesday, the 13th. You talked about how like the Knicks have a bunch of, of picks that may not be that bad for them to send. I don't want to get into the, into the, the trade conversation. Mm-hmm. If Donovan Mitchell is on this team next season and they don't get DeAndre Ayton, which is possible, do you have a number for any of these scenarios? Cause I'll just tell you like, yeah. So, best, so, so go ahead. Here's where I'm at. Like we did with the Brooklyn Nets on the East. I'm off. I'm off the books. I'm, I'm not posting a number. Look, by the time I, I think that people listen to this, when it drops on Tuesday, we're recording on Thursday, that's five days from now. 
I legitimately think Donovan Mitchell's probably traded by the time you're listening to this. So we're, I think, not going to go long on this. I'm expecting Mitchell gone. I think the key thing is this. I do not expect Utah and Danny Ainge to trade for veterans and keep Conley and Bojan and, and all these other guys and be like, okay, here we go. Let's make a push for the plan. I don't think that's the outcome. I don't think that's what trader Danny wants to do. Do you agree that if they do trade Donovan, this is a blow it up and tank sort of move? Yes. Okay. So because of that, I don't really know where the number goes. You can't place a number now in case Donovan doesn't get traded. I put a placeholder in for them. My placeholder number as an over under number 52 and a half last year, totally irrelevant. Now I have it at 28.5 as a, I don't think that the team will be bad enough to like horrendously tank and be the worst team in the league. They could, but they got a lot of guys to unload before they get there. They're not just going to not play all these veterans on the roster, but I think without Mitchell, they're not a playoff team. I don't think they're a play in team. I would put them a 25 to 35 ish win range. So 28 and a half is my after trading Donovan Mitchell number, but I probably am just not posting it. What do you think? That sounds right. I think the expectation is they're going to tank and try and get Victor. So if they're tanking, then I think you got to take the under and expect them to really put an aggressive push on. I don't see any way that they wind up being uh, good enough to do any of these kind of things to figure this out. Uh, so I, I, I think that that's a perfectly reasonable one. If they keep Mitchell, uh, <laughs> 44.5? Oh, that feels too high. It, the, no. the West, the West is so loaded because my line before the Mitchell, I, I prepped for this like three days ago before the Mitchell trade thing leaked. I forget what my number was. That's changed yesterday. But I think I was at like 30, I think at 38.5. I think it was 10 wins uh, higher. 44.5 is too high. Look, everyone, everyone, the, the analytics love Rudy Gobert for good reason. I'm not an analytics hater. We talk about him all the time on the show. The analytics overrate Rudy Gobert, period, and dot. That's not that he's not impactful. He's incredibly impactful. Is he one of the most impactful players in the NBA? Is he a tier two player as Seth Parton at the Athletic? No. He's on the same tier. And, and not, not just there. most impactful in the NBA, but by the metrics, like among NBA history yeah. is where the metrics. Yeah, really Rudy, Gobert that. Is, Rudy Gobert is one of the most impactful players in NBA history. Get out of here. Like on some level, this stuff just simply does not reflect his actual value. And it doesn't also, by the way, give enough credit to how the Jazz put good pieces around Rudy Gobert to make up for his deficiencies. Right. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you do not have a guard that can throw lobs, guess what? Rudy Gobert's value goes way freaking down like Rudy Gobert is really is amazing and one of the most impactful guys in NBA history defensively but the other side of the ball matters it does and I'm just we saw this routinely last year that teams would just be like let's just switch everything and it was like oh okay okay we 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 can't do the jazz conversation we're gonna we're off the top we're gonna just be stuck on this forever do you have a number for the jazz I, I have it if Donovan Mitchell stays, it's 44 and a half. Do you have it if he leaves number? 25 and a half sounds right. Okay. Let's go to the San Antonio Spurs, who last season, I liked the under because I was like, their highest paid player makes 15 million. And then their highest paid player was really, really good. Uh, <laughs> their sure average line, but he's not here anymore. Average line was 29 is now, or they ended up with 34. Um, so they cleared the, the over. That was painful for me. A lot of West teams hurt me last year. 
Uh, I have their projection, by the way. I, or, uh, my projection for them ne- next season, I matched the lowest total on the board last season, 22 and a half. They're going to tank wow. for, they're going to tank as hard as they can for Victor. They are not disguising this. They have no talent left. They let Lonnie Walker go, for God's sakes. Derek White's gone. DeJounte Murray's gone. They are tanking. They are going. I, will, it's, I think the number should be 22 and a half, and I'll bet the under. Okay, so I struggled a little bit with this one. I'm going to say that about like five of these West teams. So what you didn't say about the Spurs, they won 34. What, what was their expected win total last year by the numbers you have? I have it at 41 off of basketball reference. What did you have from cleaning the glass for Spurs expected wins? Spurs expected wins last season was compared to 34. They should have actually won 40. Yeah. So my problem is how many times do we need to see a pop Spurs team that knows how to gamify the regular season and play some defense? Like you got the team last year to play some defense again. Jakob Pertle is a good regular season defender. They still have some good players. I, I can't decide in my head. You seem very convinced that this is just a full-fledged, all-out, go-for-Tim-Duncan, number one yes. tank. If you're right, then my number's off. I would have 26 and a half because I'm kind of trying to split the difference. I, I think that they absolutely could be the worst team, and then I think you're right with your line. I think that they could be – the line was 28 and a half last year. It's been that number, I think, two years in a row. I started with it there and then just kept bumping down a little bit. Whatever the number is, I'm going to have a very hard time not playing an over because of pop, just because of what pop does. This, this presumably not reporting, presumably this has to be near or at the end of pop's career. Do we, we really think that he's just going to try to lose every game? I just yes. have a hard time getting there. He's not prideful the way other coaches are. It's just an organizational decision and that's it. Yeah, He's, he's not prideful. He doesn't care about these things. He doesn't care. He's never cared. He cares about like you do the job. He but but why, to- why be here then? Like, why not? Uh, it, we, we think he's at the end. Why not have just walked away and leave that to the next person to start out with? Well, probably the money. And then two. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> and then two. Um, I think that he likes the idea of his last year being like a teaching season. But mm. you can teach the kids and make them better and win 20 games. They're going that's under. Fair. Like I, they're it's, going, they're going, I would it's a rough they, roster. They, they don't have a point guard. They don't have a starting point guard. Trey Jones is the only point guard on the team. I think they're probably yeah. going to like play Josh Primo at point guard. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, I would tell you that Yaka Perto is probably gone by, by, yeah. by the trade deadline. At least I think he tried Yaka Perto could be gone by camp. I think Perto has gone. I think Kellen Johnson maybe goes yeah. like, I think they just strip it down. Yep. They will, um, th- and, and they will shut down whatever they have to in order to get it there. Like they will play worse and worse players and they'll develop them. Look, Brandon, they'll be competitive, but they're not going to win games. Sure. But let me ask this about the Spurs. Notice, I noticed looking around the league, there's really only uh, pre- presuming that Indiana does something, or it brings in Aiton or whatever. The Spurs are the only team left with a huge chunk of salary cap room. They're the only team left that could really just absorb a disgruntled Los Angeles Lakers point guard onto nope. the roster. Nope. No chance. Nope. They just would. If they did, would they just absorb and cut and just like, don't even, don't even fly to San Antonio. You're out of yep. here. You're not coming around the team. If that's going to happen, it's more likely to happen with OKC. I don't, they don't have the cap though. I think now because with Shays max and all the, like they have, they have like 40 million of other dead cap. In. And I think you know, Kemba's still on there. So, yeah, they, they do seem to find it. Yeah, all right. So I, I just, I don't know. Like my thing is just, no, I, I, 
and even if so, man, by the trade deadline, oh no, Russell's got a sore hamstring. He's out indefinitely. Like, well, what about uh, some books will post odds to have the worst record in the league? Yes. You you want the Spurs for it? I want the Spurs. All right. So look for that line. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at on them. You can. It's I I get it because it's pop. I get it. I do. Like I said, I, I thought they were under last year. They were not nearly as transparent. And Dejounte was really good last year. They traded Dejounte Murray, got back a player, and then waived him. Yeah. Like their intentions are not subtle here. They are being yeah. very obvious with what their intentions are. Uh, Sacramento Kings. This one's a really fun one. So last season, the Kings uh, were projected. They had a, an, uh, an average line of thirty five point nine, around thirty six. There were thirty six and a halfs in the market several places. There were thirty five and a halfs in the market several places. They won thirty. They went under. That was one of our best bets. The Kings under, and it cashed. Uh, they made the trade midseason for. Demonis Sabonis, and they still couldn't get out of the play-in. Wah, wah, wah. Couldn't however, get into the play-in. <laughs> yeah, couldn't get into the play-in. Um, however, however, I gotta tell you, I like this team. Oh, no. I, like this <laughs> team. Uh, I think that based off of their, look, they were better after the trade than they were before, and given the moves that they've made, I am ready to put them at 40 and a half wins. Oh man! Yep. Look, it's only a five jump over where they were last year. It was thirty-five. They're up to forty wow. now. Okay, so I have the Kings at thirty-three and a half. So we are off by seven here. This is you have the them. You have them worse than last year. I have them better than last year. They won thirty games last. No, but you year. have them have worse. Them, you you have them at a lower number than their than their I agree. total last year. I split the difference. I, I had they they basically were, were Vegas projected at thirty-six. They won thirty. I went in the middle. Because I think that they are better than the 30 win team they had last year, but that the number last year clearly wasn't a right. They shouldn't have even won 30. They expected to win 28. They were worse than the 30 win team that they were. Darren Fox has regressed. And I don't know that it's going to get a lot better with Sabonis because you're going to play through him. I like what they added. I like Egan Murray. I think he's going to be a, a good rotation guy right away. They brought in Kevin Herter. They brought in Malik Monk. Uh, Harrison Barnes is still there for now. I don't know that I see that lasting. I think he's probably going to get traded at some point. Maybe not if they actually are a 40 and a half win team and are in the play in race. I let me ask you this What is the best possible defensive rating outcome that you think this Kings team can get to this year? Can they get out of the bottom 10 in the NBA? Yeah, they could be like 18th, 19th. I think that they're stuck in the bottom five, and I think it's worse than that. And that's where I'm stuck on it. Is I just think. With with Sabonis at center, which is the team they're going to have to play, and with the guys like they don't have any plus defenders really. Davion is a plus defender, but not enough to move the needle. So we we talked about this as like an exercise, right? And we're trying to find the number. I'll, I'll bump mine down to thirty seven and a half. I'll take three off, but the, it has to be higher than last year's. Brandon, they added Demonis Sabonis, and they're trying to win. Intention plus talent has to mean that it's higher than last year's, regardless of last year's outcome. Like. It's got to be higher. They still have Harrison Barnes. Like they still have all the veterans. It's a veteran team. Mike Brown is a veteran coach. I don't think Mike Brown's a great coach, but they'll be. Co- Do you agree that he'll have a better impact on the defense than Alvin Gentry? He'll help their defense. You're right. So, but that's again, a good reason that they wouldn't be bottom five, probably. Yeah. So I just think that you can't so. have a you can't have it lower than last year. Forty is probably too optimistic. But I'll go to thirty seven and a half. Okay. And I'll like and I'll like the over simply because they're going to try, and a lot of teams are not going to try next year because of Victor. Especially uh, in the West, I think a lot of teams are going to bail. 
Uh, I agree with that. I'll bump mine up. I actually already moved my Kings up. They were 31 and a half. I'm going to go to 35 and a half now. So I'll meet yeah. you closer to the middle and I'm going to take the under because I, I don't think the team's going to be good. I project them 28 to 35. So my yeah. number, your number, your 40, I'll take any of the unders. I absolutely think they're going to try. I just don't think it's going to matter enough because I think the bottom of the West is real bad, but I think that teams 10 and up are all going to be pretty good and tough. And the Kings just don't measure up to me. The Portland Trailblazers last year projected at 44.6. They won 27 games because Damian Lillard got hurt and then the entire team imploded. And then they traded CJ and Nate Norm Powell and Robert Covington and now are reloaded for the 2022-23 season with Jeremy Grant, Shaden Sharp, and Gary Payton. And you're still trying to play defense with Damian Lillard and use of Nurkic as a pick-and-roll combo. So um, trying to figure out where to put this team, I think, is is difficult. I feel like I may be a little bit light on them, especially with them at 44-and-a-half. I have them at 43-and-a-half, and it feels light. Maybe I need to bump them up to, like, 46. What do you think? Okay, this is interesting because this is one I, I struggled with the same spot where you're at of like, yeah, it feels like this team is not as good as people are going to assume it's going to be. And I'm, and I'm in that group. It. I'm I'm always in the assuming Portland is good group. Like they were one of my sleeper teams last year. Didn't work out for me. <laughs> they won 27, by the way. They deserve to win 20 yeah. by SRS on basketball reference. Dead last. They were the worst team in the NBA. And a lot of those guys are still on the roster and going to play some role this year, like smaller roles. But I don't really know that I think Anthony Simons is the star right now that's going to just be like, oh, he's going to step in and do the CJ thing. And I wasn't that high on CJ, and Simons is not going to be that good. Nurk is back. Like the, the, the big question is what version of Damian Lillard comes back? If the version that existed as healthy before last, if you just throw last year out, he just was never healthy. The Olympics, he wasn't healthy. He came in unhealthy, tried. It didn't work. Throw it out. He's not that old yet. He's still low 30s. He can still be in his prime. If borderline MVP Damian Lillard is back, I think that the number has to be in your range. I have them at 35 and a half. You thought you were light on it. I'm way below your number. I, I think... Look, if you count out the teams, 1 to 15 in the West, Portland and Sacramento are, are 10 and 11. Like if you look at, that's not me. That's if you look at the, dra- uh, the, the, East, the Western odds or the title odds, that's where they're at. They're 10th and 11th. You can't have those teams be in the 40s in the West. Like Portland, 44 and a half. Boy, I, if the number, I marked Portland as an over at my 35 and a half. So probably what that tells me with your number and me thinking that it's going to go over that is I'm too low. I think I need to bump it into at least the high 30s. But I, I think Portland is on the low end of a play-in. I don't know how they can get above that right now unless Dame is just invincible again. I think the perception is that they're better than last year. And it's an interesting question of if you look at it from a mm-hmm. roster standpoint and you go like, okay, Robert Covington, Norman Powell, CJ McCollum. And now it's Anthony Simons, Gary Payton, Shaden Sharp, Jeremy Grant. Is that better? Like, is that an upgrade? I would say, honestly, probably not in my opinion, but sometimes those actually, those changes do wind up working out because like Charlotte got worse year over year and their record improved. And just Dame's presence, like you have to throw out the number last year. I think that's one of the things is like this team has consistently been in like the mid forties with Dame. 
yeah. and game wasn't around last year. So I think we have to like, I think we have to have a starting point yeah. of like well, 40 uh, of, of somewhere North of 40, probably like the, the low end probably needs to be 41 and a half. The high end probably needs to be lower than mine at like 44 and a half. So why don't we say, yeah. let's take the, let's split the difference and let's say 43 even. I think that's still too high, but I understand what you're saying. No, it's fine. We could, we could say that's what we think the line should be. Sure, sure. The line should be, and then we get, I'm with you. Let's say 43 and we'll both plan about the under. Yeah. Cause I, I think you're right that that's why I marked this. I, I don't want to bet Portland over. I, I don't want to bet Portland anything. I am yep. tired of betting Portland and losing money on them every year. But I, when, when I looked at my number, my 35 and a half, I'm like, why well, I, I can't see a 35 and a half and Damian Lillard and not playing over. That's it. That's all I need to know is Damian Lillard. I'll take an over there. So maybe just Damian Lillard healthy alone needs a four in the front of the number. I think I can accept that. Okay. Uh, the Phoenix Suns. Last Another season, easy one. <laughs> yeah. Last season, uh, I had them as an under, had lots of great reasoning for it, and they were the best team in basketball. <sighs> that hurt. But then they fell apart of the playoffs, so maybe I wasn't wrong after all. Uh, projection was 50 and a half on average. It was, uh, there was some 60 or 51s in the markets, a couple of 51 and a halfs. But 50 and a half at most of the conservative sharp books, they won 64 games. Whew. They had a really great regular season. Um, all right. For the purposes of this exercise, they don't get Kevin Durant and they lose DeAndre Ayton. Under okay. those conditions, I have them still, I have them at 51 wins. Hmm. I think the floor is extremely high. I don't think Aiton was as impactful on the regular season record. They have still have Chris Paul and Devin Booker. They would retain Mikhail Bridges in this instance. That combo, along with probably re-signing Cam Johnson, um, adding a little bit of point guard depth, gets them. I still think the low fifties, I think you have to put the number in the low fifties with the team that's been to the Western conference finals. I'm sorry, went to the finals and then came back last season with the best team in their best record in basketball. That number has to be above 50. So no Aiden, no KD. I have them at 51. If Aiden comes back, I would honestly only bump it to 52 and a half, 53 and a half max. That's where I would be at on the Suns. Are you slotting somebody in for Aiden, a Miles Turner or a, a some non, not JaVale McGee type, like an, a, an actual starter in? Or are you saying, nope, just no Aiden, no KD, just what's left? In the instance that the Pacers sign him to an offer sheet and they cannot negotiate a sign-in trade. So they just lose Aiden. So they just lost both. They didn't yes. get KD. They lost Aiden. They have yes. what's left on the roster. Yes. So I don't have a number for that. My instinct is I think I'd come in a little bit lower than your number in that scenario. 49 and a half. Yeah, I, th I think that's yeah. about where I would be. So what's interesting with the Suns is so they won 64. Expected wins was around 59. But it's Chris Paul. So they're always going to go over the expected wins. This is what Chris Paul does. They, yes, they were invincible in clutch time last year. We talked about it all year on the podcast. They can't possibly do it again. Uh, yeah, they can, because Chris Paul does that every year of his career. He always wins more than he should. That's what works. So they were top five offense, top five defense. My number, my expected outcome for Phoenix is the scenario you just painted. No Aiton, no Durant, no replacement. I, I don't think that that's likely. And you're more tapped into things than I am, so I might just be wrong on it. I'm setting my number assuming that that is the least likely scenario. I think either they keep Aiton or they get Durant or they get a Turner or some type of Aiton replacement. 
the number I'm setting, if we're opening this tomorrow and I would be willing to lay this line is at 54 and a half because I think it's a little high, but I'm including a Kevin Durant tax in there because you might want to bet in case he comes there. No Kevin Durant, Aiton stays around. I think I'd go to like 53 and a half. So I, I think we're really, we're about at the same spot with our numbers. Yeah, we're, we're close. Uh, if Katie is traded to the Phoenix Suns for Mikhail Bridges and Aiton in a sign-in trade, um, I will put the Suns number at 56 and a half. And, and, and bet the under? I'd have to think about it. Uh, we've talked about betting the under. I lean that way. Yeah, I, I would lean probably, that way. I don't know if I'd bet it yet. Yeah, I think it's probably a stay away just based off of like the Chris Paul floor is so high and it is KD, but like the value is not on the over. That's the, like, this is one of the things I've learned about doing win totals is you oftentimes will be like, the value is not on the over. So you're like, so I'm going to bet the under. That doesn't mean the under has value. Correct. It just means the over doesn't have value. Yeah. Um, if they get, if they don't get KD, but they trade Aiden for Miles Turner, I'll put them at 52 and a half, maybe 53 and a half. And I like the over in that spot. I like the Miles Turner, uh, Aiden swap a lot. I think that actually yeah, I agree. sounds quite, quite a bit. Okay. Uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder last season, they were their projection was 22 and a half. There were some 23 and a half in the market at DraftKings and Caesars. Uh, they won 24 games. They just went over on OKC. Uh, they had obviously Chet Holmgren. They resigned Luke Dort. They've got a whole cast of young players. I'll let you go first because I think my number is going to surprise you. Interesting. Uh, I basically just kept it the same. I'm going to give them 24 and a half. I, we know the thunder are a tank team. I don't think that they're as bad as last year. They certainly shouldn't be as bad as they were last year. Uh, we know I'm a chat fan. He obviously has looked good at summer. He looks like he should be ready to make an impact, especially on defense right away. This team ranked near league average in defense last year already, even as a tanking team and Shea. Didn't play a lot of games last year. Josh Giddy should take another step forward as a sophomore. Maybe I'm going too low here, but I'm keeping the number low because I think at the end of the day, if they get a little, I don't think they're good enough to be so good that they push the play in race. So given that they're going to be in the tank race. And I think that we know that Sam Presti plays his cards, right? And so I think, I think even if they're a little better than we expect, they are. I will be tempted to play an over because I think that this defense might actually accidentally be quite good already, but that we might get to a spot where I'm looking for an over 24 and a half and we're at like 22 wins with a month to go. And then they just shut it down. And it's like, Oh, great. We went one in 13 to end the season. I think that the thunder are still very dangerous to do that sort of thing. So I wonder if your number is going to be higher than mine by a significant amount. It is. Okay. So here's what I'll say. I think I overestimated it. I'll put it this way. I think the number the books will cut, will put out is probably close to 26 and a half, a slight improvement over last year. I think the number should be at 28 and a half. Hmm. That's what, if you, if the bookmakers were like, give us a win total, I would tell them 28 and a half. And I would want to bet the over. I had this in my notes first before we started talking at 30. Wow. Talking to people in Las Vegas, I am under the impression that I do not think the Oklahoma City Thunder will tank next season. Really? 
I think Victor is an, an absolutely incredible talent and that will probably influence things. If things are bad, they will quickly pivot to a tank job. I honestly think that Shea Gilgis Alexander with Chet Holmgren may be too good yeah. for them to avoid I'm a little it. worried about that too, in a good way. <laughs> and I don't, based off of what I heard, and this is contrary to everything else I thought, like I didn't, I didn't have any hard intel on what the Thunder were going to do. I said that I didn't think they would take Chet. It did not register as like a, the type of player they would like as it didn't fit the mold of what I think of as a Sam Presti player. And I was 100% wrong. Like there was nothing about it that I was accurate on. They had him circled early and emphatically. Like they would have been happy with Jabari. They would have been happy with Paolo. They wanted Chet. So I genuinely think they think that they may have like a franchise guy in yeah. Chet Holmgren. And the combination of Shea, Chet, Lou Dort, the rookies that, who have looked really good and Josh Giddy who looked great. I honestly think the floor for this team is a little bit higher than that's way so much of it last year is like they openly tanked that. I don't think their intention will be the same this year. I think they'll be bad and still within range of like, Hey, we've got like a 15% chance of getting a top five pick or a top four pick. Right. But I don't know that they're going to be bottom of the barrel. Yeah. So I, well, I would put the number at 28 and a half. If this number is 26 and a half or lower, I will immediately bet the over. So I think that I'm just going to pass on the over under. And here's the reason. I really agree with everything you just said. I look at this team and it reminds me, the roster reminds me a lot of Cleveland's roster last year, where it's like, oh, the Thunder are bad. The Cavs are bad. We know they're bad. And we just kind of forget about it. You got your young star guard. Darius Garland made his leap. Shea is already, already as good, I think, or almost as good as Garland and just hasn't played enough and is older and should get even better. You get Chet in place of Evan Mobley. There's not a Jared Allen on this team, but the defense already was good. I had the Cavs marked as like a bottom five defense going in the last year, and then they suddenly were winning with their elite defense. So I do think Evan Mobley is a little more NBA ready than Chet Holmgren. He literally weighs like 35 more pounds, so that does matter. But I think you're right. I agree that there's a chance the Thunder could be good. Here's why I'm not playing the won't play the team over under. I think it's going to end up somewhere in that 25 to 30 range. I don't think the Thunder win total ends up in the 25 to 30 range. I think either they're kind of good. Oh my gosh, the Thunder are good already. And then they're like good. And they win in the 30s and contend for the playoffs. And I absolutely will look at a number for Thunder to make the play and Thunder to make the playoffs. If they're good, I think they're good. If they're not good, then I think they pull the plug and still do the tank late because the incentive is there and we know that's what they've done. I don't think they end up 25 to 30. I think they either push towards 20 or push towards like 35 in the plan. Okay. So I don't want to, I think the over under number will be in the middle and should be, but I'm going to play it. I'm going to like play the extremes. I think I disagree with you. I think that they are more likely to be middling as like mm. the team that was like, no, it wasn't bad last year it was under, but still pretty bad. I still think they were ways off being in the play in tournament, but that's okay. We can, we'll have the opportunity to bet on these things. And we can talk about that when we get playoff uh, props odds. Um, last one before we take a break and set over the second segment, which will be out on Thursday is the new Orleans Pelicans last season's win total was 39 um, on average, 39 and a half in the market, which is where I bet the under at, and they came in at 36. Whew, 
thought it was going to get tight there for a while when they went on that big winning streak. <laughs> um, obviously, Zion back, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram. Again, I think this is probably one that we're going to be way off on. I don't think you can put them too high for a lot of reasons. This team was still above a sub-500 team last year. For all the positive things that happened, they were still a sub-500 team. They made the playoffs, still a sub-500 team. It's hard to get the idea that that Zion Williamson, as impactful as he is, is worth like 10 wins. So I have them at 44 and a half. That's where I have the Pelicans. What do you have them at? I have the Pelicans at 44 and a half. Let's go. All right. Exactly where you're at. I, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously we think the number is right. We both, I think that's the first one we agreed on in a while, at least certainly mm-hmm. on this podcast. So I don't think it's necessarily fair to be like, well, they won 36 last year. How much better than that? Can they really be? They were a sub 500 team. I kind of did that in the playoffs this year. I wrote them off and I'm not really sure exactly how good they were and how much of it was just how bad the Suns were. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think we're giving the Pels a little too much credit for that playoff push they had. However, they won 36. So what is that? 36 and 46. It's not good. So you can be a lot better than that. 44 and a half is a lot better, but they started one in 12. Like they basically dug a giant hole. We completely wrote them off and they dug a hole with not the Pelicans, not anything to do with this team. Like Zion wasn't playing. CJ wasn't here. Ingram, I think was out for part of that. At least it was not the Pelicans that we're dealing with this year. We now have three guys who are all-star contenders, possibly, depending on what they do, depending <laughs> on how much that they play. I know, I know. We had our argument off- offline about it, how good is CJ McCollum. I think once McCollum got to the Pelicans last year in the regular season, McCollum was their best player ahead of Brandon Ingram. That's what the advanced numbers say. He was very good. McCollum has done that. He's had like these stretches of just, he caught fire for a month and then he goes back to being CJ McCollum good, but not star player. I think that's probably what happens here, especially if Zion's around. I don't love the balance of how it all fits together, but there's just a lot of talent and there's, there's a bunch of depth here. Herb Jones is really good. They, they Jonas Vanchudas is still a really quality center, like at least a league average type guy, 44 and a half. I think is the right number, but I will be looking heavily to bet the over if that's the number, because I think that that is around their floor. I think that their floor is a lot higher now with the talent that they have with Zion being back. But I think the ceiling, if it actually works, could be a really high ceiling. Like I will look to bet their division odds probably, because I think the ceiling could definitely be above Dallas and above Memphis. Um, like my, my win range total for them is 42 to 54. And I expect, because I don't really know how it works, it to be toward the bottom of that range. But I think part of why I don't really know how it works is because we don't really know how Zion works yet. But I do believe in Zion. And I think he's the best player on the team if he's healthy. And CJ and Brandon are already really good. And there's just a lot of talent there. So I, I think it's going to... I, I was ready to just write the team off and maybe I'm just in summer Kool-Aid mode and maybe I will cool down before the season gets here. This is probably my most likely team to do that on. I just think the upside is, is really there for them. If it's 44 and a half, I think there's probably like a little bit of value on the over. And we're talking about the tails. Um, if it's a plus number, if it's juiced to the over, I don't. 
if we're wrong and this comes in at like 47 and a half and teams are looking at, and we're looking at this team isn't like, they're going to be a top six seed, top five seed, a serious, like an actual playoff team. I'm betting the under, I'm betting the under. I have Zion's injury history. I have a team that again, finished under 500, even like they were about what 35 and 34 after the one and 12 start. Hooray. Yeah. And most of that was in March when teams were mostly tanking. But they're 35 um, and 34 without CJ for still half of that. Know, and with no Zion for any I, of that. I, I get it. But like, what's this team going to be great at? Like offense. Do you think that, do you think the Denver Nuggets and the New Orleans Pelicans will have a better offense? Then? No, it's not even close. The Nuggets okay. will destroy them. Do you think the New Orleans Pelicans or uh, the Golden State Warriors will have a better defense next season? The Warriors. They're Draymond. So what are we talking about here? We're just talking about like a pretty solid. Team I'm not. In- I'm not putting them in the mix with the Warriors and Nuggets, but got, though. But yeah, but you've you've got them projected at like the high end at 54, right? Yeah, you're, you're and, right. And, and, and maybe what I'm my saying projected is, high end is too high because what's the great thing they can do to be a yeah, 54 win team? I that's think that's fair. Yeah, and like my thing would be like if they don't have anything that they're great at, I don't know how we get to 48. Do like, you, you think better, you better be pretty great at something for you to be 48? Do you think they can be? what's there i asked you like a bottom what, what was the best the kings defense could be what's the best the pelicans offense could be offensive rating five. end of the year five. okay that that's said to me i think that's the answer is mm-hmm. zion is just that good in yeah, addition to the things they have and they're top better. five yeah it's like two seasons ago i could be like well, look they had zion and they weren't any good um yeah but like the coaching upgrade is massive cj's in a yes. massive upgrade Jonas is a massive upgrade herb jones is a massive upgrade uh, Trey Murphy's in a massive upgrade. Like, there's a lot of talent on here. I, I'm not like gonna be. I'm not gonna be like. I'm taking my position and I'm betting the under and I'm betting against the Pels. I yeah. think there's val- I think the division bet is probably where the value is. That's yeah. honestly because you're gonna get such a good return on it. The division bet I think is gonna be better than anything else with the Pelicans. Yeah. Let's, well, let's, we'll, we'll get to Memphis, Dallas, but it's it's a way. I, I want to fade those, so it's a yeah. way to kind of wrap the whole thing in. I, I think you asked about Denver to the Pelicans. The, the Denver is better right now. But I think if you think of Denver from like two years ago, I think that's a good comp for what the good version of the Pelicans could be as far as not, not the same style, but as far as like a top five offense league average ish defense that puts you in the 50 win range. I think that that is a, is a pretty good, like positive outcome for what the Pelicans can be if things work well. All right. This has been part one of our win totals guesstimate for the Western Conference in 2023. Make sure to download the Action Network app. Best way to track your bets. We'll be back on Thursday with part two of this podcast. We'll talk to you then. Until next time, let's get buckets.